So hi guys and welcome to the seventh episode of Dreamers and Doers. And today I'm really happy to have Kirsty here. Hi Kirsty. Hi Alex. <laughs> so Kirsty did a few workshops with me, so she trained me a bit to work a bit on my intuition and stop the overthinking, which was a really good work. Um, yes, yeah, so I'm pretty excited to, to have you here, Kirsty. And so my first question was, um, how did you get interested, especially in, interest, in intuition and creativity? Um, and if you've always been in these topics, and I ask you this because for me, it's very new. Uh, and I think for many adults, something that we tend to forget a bit. So was it kind of something pretty natural for you or quite different from, from usual? Yeah, I think um, it was pretty outside the box for me as well. Yeah. <laughs> so I kind of was going on a journey into the personal development world mm -hmm. and I was doing all sorts of things like neuro-linguistic programming, I was getting coached, I was doing work with confidence, body language, all these kinds of things and nothing was really sticking. Mm -hmm. I was just like learning a lot. It was very heady, all these kind of regimens of what you're supposed to do and what you should do. And um, it's kind of, you know, as fate may have it, I stumbled across the intuitive work mm -hmm. and um, I came across a company called Natural Success and um, was working with a guy called uh, William Whitecloud and okay. also another guy called Ryan Pinnock. So Ryan runs um, a company called Super Genius in the UK and William runs a company called Natural Success and mm -hmm. he does trainings and things all over the world. So I was kind of in that personal junkie mode, personal development junkie okay. mode. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I need to know it all. I need to have the answers. Mm. I need to sort life out, you know? And then I came across this training and um, it was sort of like there were these processes that we used or that were used that you couldn't deny um, the power of intuition and creativity. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people might, even go well like what is intuition like mm -hmm. what does it mean like how does it yeah. work okay. and um intuition is something that can't really be explained or understood from the logical mind mm -hmm. it's actually what we would call um non-cognitive intelligence so that's anything that's outside of the mind mm -hmm. so intuition works um based on the intelligence of the heart um, it can also be used in um, terms of your gut instinct so when we talk about intuition, like, you know, when you get a, um, like you get a feeling about something like yeah, it's just, yeah. it's not right. Yeah. That's your gut instinct mm. telling you like, don't do it. It's not wind. Like you should observe it. It's like, mm -hmm. oh yeah, I, um, yeah, I want to, yeah, I don't, I don't want to do this. I don't feel comfortable in this situation. Whereas our intuition is heart based. And so it's something that we can drop into and feel. So if something feels true, our mm -hmm. heart expands. Um, if something's not true, our body kind of restricts mm -hmm. and constricts itself. So I know I've kind of gone off on a tangent, which is probably what I'm going to keep doing. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fine. That's the point. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, in terms of have I always been into intuition and, and creativity? Mm -hmm. No. Um, mm -hmm. But I believe that it's something that's all within us, that it's that we deny or we don't know how to mm. access, but there's nothing like there's, there's nothing that can deny its power. So you, you have these high level, high powered executives 
And it's like, well, how do they make decisions? Well, they can have all the data or the evidence in the world, but what it comes down to is they, they use their intuition to make a decision. Mm. Yeah, there's a, there's a classic in personal growth I was reading, which is uh, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Mm -hmm. and it's kind of like the secret weapon of, uh, of those like, what do you call successful people, which was like to rely, to trust the intuition. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's what I mean. So even some people that I know that work in the stock market, they can read up on all the, you know, all the pieces of information, all the bits of trading data and whatnot. But actually, they just do that to like appease the masses mm. when they actually use their intuition to make decisions on what they're going to invest money in. Mm. Yeah, so having intuition as a skill that you can hone is um, something that's really important and can mm. be beneficial to um, to your natural success in life. Mm. And and how does uh, creativity come into play then? Is it the, the intuition as a tool for being creative? Yeah. So. When I talk about creativity, it's not like um, we're going to get a paintbrush and, and paint a picture or, you know, we think of creativity in terms of artists. But when I speak about creativity and the relationship that I have with mm -hmm. it, it's that us as human beings are creating life, we're creating our reality in any given moment. Mm -hmm. So using intuition allows us to access greater levels of creativity mm. that we would not otherwise see within the linear perspective of our logical minds. Yeah, so creativity that could be like, um, yeah, like start a business, for example, or, or things that we don't usually think as... As creative. No, as creative, yeah. yeah. Exactly. So it's like um, you create, you, you even create the way that your day unfolds. Mm -hmm. You can choose to get up and create another shit sandwich or you can mm. get up and choose to create an experience that you would love mm. it's just where our attention is and so when we when we're able to use our intuition and understand how it mm. speaks to us and how it manifests and reacts in our bodies we're then able to have greater choice in how we yeah create our own lives mm. um so most people most humans not are not even aware of intuition um, let alone how to interpret it. So um, by accessing it, it, it opens up another dimension of our consciousness. Mm -hmm. If I'm not getting too, too out there, but mm -hmm. in terms of consciousness, intuition is, is allowing us to, to access information and solutions yet yeah, outside of our limiting beliefs. Because when we're operating from our minds, which is what we've been conditioned yeah. to do, right? The education system mm. tells us that we have to know how things are. We, we've got to know the process. Um, when actually there's a lot more power in creativity and, and not knowing what, it, mm. what to do and, and how it is. And just a, a quick question as you were talking about creating your reality. What do you think of... Um, the law of attraction because that's something that puzzled me a bit i didn't really know what mm. to think about it so just the law of attraction i don't know if i define it well but it's it's kind of saying something is going to happen at a certain time and is it like you repeat it over and over and you to make it happen yeah so um i think that the law of attraction is a big bag of poor shit. Mm -hmm. so um... well, that's a key answer <laughs> <laughs> So there's one thing, right? So, so this, this is the thing as humans, we have a lot of 
wants. Mm -hmm. So I want to have millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. I want to have a big, beautiful house. Mm -hmm. I want to live by the beach. But is that true or is that based on an egoic desire, a want or a need to look or feel Mm -hmm. a certain way, present a certain way? So with the law of attraction, you have people sitting here um, saying, (laughs) I like the avocado. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, my former former colleague, I was not a professional. Making avocados. Yeah. Um, 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 I've completely lost my train of thought now. I can think of <laughs> smash Lots Abba of on no. toast. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. <laughs> uh, um, but it's um, yeah. So with the law of attraction, we 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 have these desires um, that aren't really true. They're motivated mm-hmm. from a place of lack or from fear. Okay. So if you're focusing on, oh, I want to have millions of dollars, Mm -hmm. what you're actually telling your subconscious or telling yourself is that you don't have those things. So it it generates more Mm -hmm. of it because what we think we're focused on, we're not actually focused on. There's a lot going on in this unconscious level. Mm. And so that's what the law of attraction doesn't pick up on. So we say, yeah, like I want these amazing things, but they're usually superficial. Mm. Um, maybe sometimes they're not. Maybe you want a, a, a loving relationship, but what it doesn't take into consideration is the unconscious, which is all mm. that stuff that's bubbling under the surface that we're not aware of mm. that's going to take us off what it is that we're truly trying to create. Mm. So sitting here making positive affirmations that, you know, um, I, I wish for the universe to grant me prosperity it's mm. like you can sit there doing that till the cows come home, but you're not going to win the fucking lottery. So yeah, I've tried. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Okay, yeah, th- that reminds me of uh, Mark. Uh, I heard Mark Manson talking about. Uh, I know you like Mark Manson yeah, too. Yeah. Uh, about the law of attraction, we like. No. <laughs> no. No, it, it, it doesn't work. We, there's far greater forces and factors at play that need to be mm. taken into consideration. Mm. So while affirmations might be great in terms of setting a positive mindset for ourselves, they're not going to instantly manifest a mansion or, you know, Aubrey Marcus or whatever, mm. whatever our desires may be. <laughs> <laughs> I can understand. <laughs> you a crush on Aubrey as well. Oh, He's, he's, he's just, <laughs> <laughs> uh, if not, yeah, so yeah, I'll still ask you the, yeah. So, so this question, so you, you weren't always into this. So what made you really get into, so you talked about that, was it a class? Yeah, I, I got into yeah. some training that was, um, that was run in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was yeah, natural success training. And what made you go to that training? Like I said, because I was a personal development junkie mm. and mm. it had some, you know, fancy title about like love, money and mm. yeah, okay. I don't know, something else that I was just like, oh, I want those things. Mm. And um, it was just a meetup and mm. by chance or not by chance, by fate, whatever you believe. Um, yeah, I just went, I went along to it and Ryan, who was the speaker, was really hilarious and mm. engaging and at the time, I already had a, a business coach. Mm-hmm. I was um, doing my accreditation in confidence coaching mm-hmm. and I was doing my diploma in neurolinguistic programming. And I was like, oh, you know, I really don't need to be mm-hmm. doing something can, else. Can you say what's uh, neurolinguistic programming? 
So neuro-linguistic programming or NLP is, um, it, it's kind of like, it's a way of understanding or, or trying to retrain and reprogram the brain, but looking at, at cues like, like body language, like mm -hmm. it does things around like touching. So choose like trying to manipulate, I find it quite manipulative myself mm. um, in, in terms of um, trying to make things happen. Um, so it's used a lot in, in a business sense, mm -hmm. but it's something that I didn't really um, gel with okay. that well. Mm. Um, so basically, I guess if I, if I get really vulnerable and honest about it is that my life was in a, a kind of a state of emptiness mm -hmm. or meaninglessness. Mm -hmm. And it was like, it didn't matter what I did. It didn't matter what work I undertook, like nothing felt mm -hmm. right. Nothing felt, you know, felt like it was satisfying. And so I guess I was searching for something and um, yeah, the personal development stuff was falling short. And mm -hmm. when I started to understand intuition, creativity and consciousness and how we're in control of um, of how we're creating our own realities, that's when I started to really mm. see massive shifts in my life and my enjoyment in, yeah, my enjoyment in it. Mm. Yeah, that's most important. The question after is a bit of a rhetorical one because I think I know the answer, but do you think we repress our creativity and intuition in our education system and our, especially Western societies mm. and, and how? And uh, yeah, how, and let's say also, what can we do about it? Yeah. So, um, I guess like I touched on before mm. and I, I imagine that a lot of people have this same experience is that our creativity isn't valued as we're, as we're children, you know, we make up these stories. Like, do you, you remember being a kid and like making mm. up the most ridiculous things? Like I remember telling the whole school that my parents were, Luke Perry and Jenny Garth out of 90210. I'm probably showing my age now, <laughs> but then I would get in trouble for that. Right. Mm. Because it was, it was a story that I made up that wasn't true. Mm. And so we're given all these signs You're that, a liar. yeah, I'm a liar, <laughs> I'm a liar, I'm a fraud mm. that, you know, these fictional TV characters aren't my real parents, but it's like, we make up these stories and it's, they're not valued. They're dismissed. Mm. And it's all about being, um, like we need to know the process, we need to know the outcome, we need to know how to do things. And you go through school and, and you know, the arts, like, you know, drama and music and anything that uses our own free thinking is undervalued compared to mm. science, maths, yeah. you know. So we're kind of conditioned to believe that we don't have the answers and that the answers are outside of mm. us. And so then we kind of go on this journey of seeking and needing to know and becoming addicted to knowledge and, and data and evidence and, and things like that. So, um, I, yeah, I wholeheartedly believe that, um, we, our creativity isn't valued through the education system yet. We are all inherently creative mm -hmm. and we have these tools accessible to us at any time, but no one's ever shown us um, how to access them. So, um, yeah, there is a process of needing to relearn or, or get an understanding of how 
we can access our own mm. innate. Is it to relearn or to unlearn? Yeah, I guess it is. It's like an, an unlearning of the conditioning that we've mm. that we've experienced and a learning of reconnecting with ourselves. Mm. So how can we do that? So there are lots of different ways, but primarily it's about um, coming back to a state of presence and being able to to access our imagination because we're we're constantly whether we whether we realize it or not we're constantly in this state of fight or flight mm -hmm. so we're like in any kind of interaction we're having we're always either focused in the future which is creating that state of anxiety or fear Mm -hmm. or focused on the past so what's happened mm -hmm. that makes us believe that life is going to be a certain way which often manifests in depression right mm -hmm. so it's about coming back to you know you've probably heard it umpteen thousand times it's about coming back to this present moment mm. yeah the power of now the power of now yeah Eckhart Tolle is not a you know not a thought leader for no reason yeah, yeah. <laughs> a spiritual guru or whatever yeah. you want to say but it's um it's about starting to come back to the body, come back to the breath. And rather than just going on autopilot and how you usually go about your day, how you usually go about something, which is always skewed through um, the lens of our, of our limited experience. Mm -hmm. It's about, yeah, being present with things, listening to like what I was saying before, this non-cognitive intelligence, the mm. intelligence of the body. Um, start to hone those like I guess hone feeling because when we feel our body our body doesn't lie mm -hmm. so if it's something you know maybe there's an activity that's going ahead maybe it's a friend's party and you're like oh I don't know whether I want to go like your logical mind might be like well I should go because they're my friend and I don't really have anything mm. else on and oh what would they think if I didn't go mm. Whereas going like asking yourself, well, how is my body feeling in this situation? Does, do I feel excited? Do I feel light? Mm. Do I feel expansive? Or do I feel restricted and heavy? And, you know, and it's about starting to listen and pay attention to those cues that mm. are outside of the realm of our mind. So that's a really good way to practice intuition. Um, another way is a little bit more mystical. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. and um it's it's using circles mm -hmm. uh -huh. yeah <laughs> well that's what we did yeah, i know we did we did in training so um we use circles in alchemy mm -hmm. because we can define a circle as an empty space so it's got no beginning no end so if you want to find out about anything you draw an imaginary circle um and then you define it as what you want to find out about so, you know, maybe you've got, you know, maybe you've got a crush on some chicky babe yeah. and you're like, oh, I want to find oh, out what's going on with her. <laughs> and you can, you know, you can draw a circle around it and define it as like, what's going on here? And obviously your mind's going to want to come in and tell you, oh, well, she thinks that I'm awesome and like, we're going to be together and it's going to be great. But if you take a moment to come into that state of presence, coming back to your breath, and it's a lot of it is about intention. Mm -hmm. So wanting to set, to set an intention to find out the truth about a situation mm -hmm. or a person or an activity or whatever it may be. And then 
allowing yourself to completely let go of the need to know. And, and you can do this with using a golden ball of light over your head mm -hmm. that you empty out all your ego. Mm. Or the one that, that we like doing was the one about yeah, becoming, becoming a small child or becoming a baby. <laughs> <laughs> becoming, becoming a baby because when we were children, when we were young babies, young children, we didn't have all these lenses or these judgments or these mm. fears. So when we come back to that state, even though it's just imaginary, mm. the subconscious doesn't know the difference between what's real and what's not. Mm. So if we're sending a message to our subconscious that we're coming into a state of pure innocence where we're free from our judgments and our thoughts and our feelings, mm. we then become an empty vessel to receive information from a mm. higher source. Yeah. That reminds me of, of some activities I've done recently, uh, almost as therapies like uh, laughter yoga I am. Uh, or even like ecstatic dance or those mm -hmm. things where you're like, you feel a bit ridiculous, but you know, you learn to not judge yourself and, and being a child, which, are, right. which I thought were really cool. Exactly. It's, it's yeah. all about letting go. So when we let go of what we think we know, then it allows us to access new levels of creativity, new solutions. We get to see the truth in a situation. Um, so the circles, fantastic mm. way for just stepping into um, whatever you want to find out about and getting that download of information. Mm. Yeah, I'll get, um, yeah, I hope you're still here, Lucas. Sorry, but thanks for the question. And Lucas goes, ah, that's a really good one. Are women better at using their intuition? And yeah, that's a good one because I feel when, when I do these activities, I almost reconnect more with what you would call feminine, mm -hmm. uh, feminine part, even the creativity one. So are women better at using their intuition? If so, is there some scientific evidence to prove it? How can we account for such different difference at a gender level? Mm -hmm. so, yes. so Lucas, I, I don't have any scientific data to, to back this up in my mind, but what, what I do understand is that women are generally more intuitive than men, um, but that's not to say that men can't be intuitive. So intuition is, um, uh, if we talk about energies, we have masculine and feminine energy, and intuition is the feminine component. But everyone, men and women, have masculine and feminine in them. But it's just that generally speaking, and I'm sure there's, I, I, I'm sure there's evidence and scientific stuff to back mm. this up. Maybe I can find it and, and send you, send you links, um, post this live feed, but, um, but yeah, that, that women, yeah, that women generally are able to access intuition easier because they're more right brain orientated and, mm. and men and the masculine energy tends to be logical and um and and rational and things like mm. that so it, it does take will to give up that control and that need to know and like needing to to for things to be a certain way whereas um when we access intuition it is very much about trusting in this really unfamiliar process mm. that speaks to us in symbols and sensations rather than um thoughts and feelings in the English language. So that's another little thing to add is that, that intuition, it doesn't speak to us in, in English, so to speak. It, um, 
because that's been taken by our egos, mm. right? Because when our, what, you know, the voice in our head, it's always talking to us, speaks to us in English or, you know, whatever other yeah. language is your first Probably language in French. In French. French. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, the intuition takes some, it speaks to us in, yeah, in maybe a sensation or maybe it's a symbol or maybe it's an image that we need to decipher. And so it's kind of got its own language. Um, so I don't know how to account for the, the gender difference other than just suggesting that by setting an intention to get it. And it's like when you go to the gym, right. And, and, and you keep flexing that muscle. So I've got like mm. huge muscles here. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the more you use your intuition and, and try these intuitive processes, um, the stronger that muscle gets and the mm. easier it is. And, and the more likely you are to trust it. Cause another thing, which I know you found Alex is that how, how do you trust your intuition? Like, mm. you know, how do you know that it's true? And sometimes, well, a lot of the time we don't know, we don't know how things are going to plan out, but when we follow through on our intuition, we start to see things magically unfold in life. Whereas when we resist it and when we go into our minds and, and approach things, how we think we should, um, we have, a much um a much harder life things become mm. a struggle mm. and often you know our intuition might be speaking to us and we don't realize it and then we go ahead with what our mind wanted us to do mm. and afterwards we go oh no i knew i shouldn't have done that mm. oh i had that I had that feeling that you know i should have done it this way yeah. so it's just a process of of continually trusting it and seeing it through mm. And that process, how much you use your mind? Because I guess there's sometimes still, like, let's say my heart wants to do the business, but I want to do the business plan. Then, like, I still use the mind as a tool at some point. Like, what's what's a, a good balance? Say? Well, it's hard question. Though. <laughs> it's one of, I mean, the mind. And what's the, I'm not going to get the quote right, but it's like, I think it is Einstein that said it, that the mm -hmm. mind is a useful servant to the heart because your mind can give you the practical steps and we, we need our minds. We need our egos. They give us orientation. They, we need logic and reason, but we also, um, what, what has far greater intelligence is that of the heart. Mm. And so it's, if, if you get like, a um, I don't know if you sense energy, if there's mm. like a positivity, if there's a expansion, like I was saying before around something, that you honor that and then using the mind afterwards mm. to help fulfill that vision. Okay. Yeah. So I would always say, listen to the heart first and then allow the mind to help you, um, develop and devise the strategies and the obvious actions mm. to, to fulfill that vision and carry it through. Mm. Okay. Well guys, if you have more questions, definitely go for it. And is there, is there anything you wanted to add maybe on the, yeah, on the practice, like maybe some example, like practical situations where people can start using their intuition for like maybe business wise or like, how can it help, help them in their, in their everyday life? I mean, 
Yeah. You talked already quite a bit about it. But no, that's all right. That's so um, it's really about, again, like I was saying, it's about where our focus is. So having an understanding about what it is that you want to create, but also acknowledging all the things that your thoughts and your feelings are throwing up at you. So say mm -hmm. you want to start a business mm -hmm. and you're really excited about it. It's something that you've always dreamt of doing. And then the mind comes in and tells you, uh, like, you don't know what you're doing. You haven't run a business. Mm -hmm. You don't have enough money. You don't have enough time. What will your father think? You know, all these types of things. Um, just taking stock of that, mm -hmm. because what, what is one of the, the biggest, um, you know, the most positive things you can do for yourself is to become the observer. So when we're not, unless we're observing the thoughts and the feelings and everything that's going on, we're in it. Mm. And as soon as we're in it, then we get into these spirals. Mm. So the mind is really clever at, at convincing us that there's all these things that we need to do mm. before we can have this one thing that we want. Mm. So when we, when we start to go for something, when we go for something that we would love to just really observe what's coming up in our thoughts and our feelings, mm because that's our ego's way of keeping us small and contained within the comforts of our, or the confines of our comfort zone. Mm. So um, I guess in terms of using intuition, when it comes to business, it's about allocating our will and choosing to create this, you know, this successful, fun, enjoyable business, and then just taking stock of all the things that your mind's coming up with that tells you that that's not possible. Mm. And then choosing what it is that you would love. Because if we talk about um, everything being energy, all this kind of um, self-depreciating like words and, and um, I guess it's kind of like self-abuse. Mm -hmm. That is a much lower vibration than the things that we love because we would love to create them. Not because we believe we want or need them, that we would just love to create for the sake of creating them. So yeah, being the observer, acknowledging all the shit that your mind's throwing up at you and then mm. choosing that vision of what it is that you would love to create regardless mm. of the other stuff. But if we don't check what our mind is throwing up, if we don't check our unconscious, that stuff is ultimately going to create struggle and demise of our dreams and visions. That's a bit mm. bleak, isn't it? But yeah, this <laughs> But a lot, a lot of, so there's a, there's an author, his name's mm -hmm. Neil Donald Walsh. Um, mm -hmm. He wrote the, the book series Conversations with God. Okay. And he says that 98% of human energy is wasted. And that's because what we believe right. we need to do mm -hmm. um, is, is based on resolving our wounding and fixing things within ourselves that we believe need to need to be there before we can have what we want. So it's really about um, understanding and having an understanding about all the ways in which we feel incomplete in ourselves mm -hmm. and taking that into account, acknowledging that that's happening rather than going, oh, no, no, it's fine, it's fine. Mm -hmm. I don't want to look at that dark shit. Yeah. No, no, no. It's going, okay, this is here, but this is what I would love and mm -hmm. I'm choosing to create that. Yeah, yeah.
Now it makes me think also of, uh, you know, when we talk happiness and not being like too just rejecting any negative emotions. Usually that doesn't work very well. And because, yeah, you talked about that book. I uh, had a last question. So guys, if you want to ask a last question, go for it. But otherwise, I'll go. Uh, is there like one or two books you'd really recommend on that subject for people to to get more information on. yeah so there is a phenomenal um, guy who talks all about creativity and the creative structure and his name is robert fritz and he mm -hmm. wrote a book called the path of least resistance and it's all about how creativity works and it, it talks about consciousness but it's also um it, it's it's about um creating a structural tension because when we talk about creativity, when we engage in creative activities, we need attention because tension seeks resolution. Mm -hmm. And it's whether our, our tension is being resolved through our psychological beliefs. So maybe I've got a belief I'm not good enough. Mm -hmm. And so my, um, my psychological tension around that might make me do more courses or you know network more like the mm -hmm. things to make myself be good enough um whereas when we when we bring that into the structural dynamic of creating it takes the power out of it and then we can um we can create um what it is that we're wanting to so that's a lot of what robert fritz's work mm -hmm. is is on but it's all around creating and it's phenomenal um in terms of books on intuition um and magic, um, I would suggest, so my, my coach and mentor, um, William Whitecloud has a book called The Magician's Way, mm. which um, talks about the, you know, the seven principles of, of magic. And for me, um, when I came across this, you know, three and a half, yeah, I think about three and a half years ago, that was a real game changer for mm. me. So Robert Fritz and William Whitecloud, um, and then also uh, a dear friend of mine, uh, Dr. Koshik Ram, has oh, yeah. written a book called uh, Hidden Worlds, The Inside Story of the Soul. And that is another fantastic one about understanding um, non-cognitive intelligence. And he's a remarkable neuroscientist. So, um, yeah, so they would be the three, mm. the three books that I would recommend in, in this space. Um, and one more, there's another one called Letting Go by uh, David Hawkins. And that's, <laughs> yeah, that's a real, that's a, that's an amazing, that's mm. an amazing one. Um, all about letting go of, um, yeah, mm. um, outcomes and surrendering to, surrendering to the process. Okay. Well, thanks for these. Um, yeah, Koshik Ram, I'm reading this, his book at the moment, I'll probably be, doing an interview soon, so that'd be really cool. Really interesting guy. And there is a last question from Andrew. Um, and hey, Andrew. Yeah. What, what would be a good daily practice to start strengthening our intuition? So, um, I like maybe would, something yeah, simple, like. As simple, simple. As, um, as simple as setting an intention for the day. So how do you want your day to be? What is it that you ultimately want to create? So in, in the morning, just taking some time to like first thing when you wake up, um, you know, coming back to the breath so that you're out of your head, letting go of the need to know 
and just draw that circle and define it as how you want your day to be and just sense what that's like. So get, get a feeling mm -hmm. of, um, you know, maybe it's a sense of calm, maybe it's um, joy, you know, like really feel the sensation in your body about what it is that you want to create and then choose to create that. So say, you know, I choose the end result of my day being joyful and then let go mm. and just see how, because it's not about the process, it's about the intention. So if our focus is on what we want to create and then we let go, that ultimately happens. And like you said that intention, but not that much the plan to achieve that intention. No plans to yeah. achieve it. Just stuff. stuff. <laughs> I know, I know, because the mind wants to know how it is. But it's it's really about our, our focus creates mm. our reality. So in terms of strengthening our intuitive muscle, it's focusing on what we truly want to create, not what we think we mm. need to create to mm. get what we want, mm. what we truly want to create. Mm. And, and by continually coming back to the body and, and setting these intentions, um, we're able to then see how life becomes a lot more effortless. Mm. We don't need to work it all out. It's just like, this is what I would love. And you know what? That's what I'm focused on. This other stuff might be going on. I acknowledge that that's there. I might have work deadlines. I might be having a fight with my partner. All this stuff might be going on. But you know what? That's cool. I acknowledge it but I focus on creating joy in my day mm. and just see how that unfolds. So rather than buying into the drama of, of life and, and all these perceived problems that we have, mm. it's, it's making a conscious choice in using mm. our will to create what we would love. Okay, so I'll put in my calendar now to do that every morning, like for three days. Mm. And I think it's something anyone can do, right? Yeah. And, and they can then like come hurt. Yeah, exactly. Judge for judge for themselves. Yeah, see yeah. see how it goes. Our focus creates our reality. So keep focusing on what you love without denying the reality of your life. Acknowledge that it's there. Don't buy into it. Assign your will to what you love and create it. So that's intuition and creativity. Mm. I think we can finish on this. So pretty cool. <laughs> Thanks, Kirsty. You're welcome, Alex. Thanks, guys. It's been fun. And thanks guys for the questions and yeah there'll be the the video available then on the page dreamers and doers don't forget to like the page <laughs> cheers guys